Hello and welcome to episode one of People of Glasgow. I'm your host and commander, Raymond Williams. People of Glasgow is a series of interviews with, as the name suggests, the people of Glasgow. Athletes, filmmakers, musicians, sadists, if they're intriguing and they're in Glasgow, I want to interrogate them. To follow the show, give feedback, tell me how annoying my voice is, or to suggest a guest, then please visit peopleofglasgow.co.uk. Alternatively, you can find us at twitter.com forward slash peopleglasgow. That's peopleglasgow. There's no of in there. And now on to the first episode. Episode 1 is with Scott Russell. Scott is the founder of Equinox 10 Fitness and Performance Centre. He's a personal trainer and a former professional basketball player. This episode was the first one I recorded and I made a noob mistake with the audio. But thankfully it affects me more than it affects Scott. But the sound quality here isn't representative of what future episodes should sound like. For show notes for this episode, please visit peopleofglasgow.co.uk forward slash one. That's the number one, not the word. And now, on to the episode. Every winter you can still see him trapped under the ice. Scott, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Roxy, welcome to the show. Unfortunately, <laughs> she can't talk. <laughs> so let's do the bio first thing. So... What's the road to being personal trainer and founder of Equinox Um It's a, a road that wasn't planned. So, playing basketball, uh, come at the end of my career, retired and had to get a job. Um, and then deciding what to do was a bit of a, a crossroads. And a few people had said to me, oh, you're good at coaching, you're good at giving people direction. So, there's a personal training course. I took some money out and went and done the course, um, six weeks intensive, done your course and then even though you're a qualified personal trainer you're kind of just left with a bit of paper that says you're a qualified personal trainer because uh, most personal trainers are freelance or self-employed so you've then got to go and figure out how you're going to get clients, how you're going to work in a gym and take it from there. Okay. And am I right in thinking Baker? I was a baker for a little while. I worked the well-known baker to professional basketball. <laughs> that was the, the chat in the Commonwealth Games. They put it in my bio. That I was a baker, <laughs> which was great. Uh, yeah, I worked in Summerfield uh, and done a few jobs, but it was a, a baker most of the time. Um, paid the bills and let me play basketball until I decided that playing basketball was what I wanted to do and got my chance to go and do it which I'm very, very fortunate and I'm happy that I did, even though it was only for a, a short period of time. Okay, all right, we'll come back to that one. Uh, so, I meant to ask you this before, Equinox 10, why the name Equinox 10? <laughs> I've got a theory about the 10, basketball number? Basketball number's um, 10, uh, also 10 out of 10, perfect. So it kind of, I don't, that's not the reason why I wear 10, but <laughs> it fits in. <laughs> Uh, so Equinox is, yeah, you know, <laughs> well, if you know me, you know I'm a bit cocky, so there you go. Um, Equinox is a gym chain in America, huh. and they're absolutely huge, so yeah. I just decided to rip them off, because I thought if people were searching Equinox, they might get me, and I thought it was all about, when I started out, it was all about hits on your website, hits on your page, so uh, tagging yourself as Equinox, you know, it brings it up a bigger market, so yeah, I just basically stole their name and put my number at the end of it. 
but Equinox is also when the, the sun's setting and the moon's rising, so it's like all the time. Yeah. So all the time 10, all the time perfect. That's what I tell people. I don't usually tell them about the stealing of the that, name. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the other question was, with, I'll get a wee bit of an obsession people have their own business, because the business is much more than what it is you get paid for so what percentage of time do you think you spend with clients as opposed to doing all the other stuff like taking care of all your bills for here and planning it plans for your clients and yeah so i've i'm not at the stage yet where eventually i want to be working on the business and not in the business right now 99 percent of my time is in the business with the, clients, with the clients you know i'm i'm averaging about 12 13 clients a day um, every day and then I've got group sessions on top of that so um, very very busy and it's good don't get me wrong that's what you want to be as a personal trainer you want to be fully booked you want to be that's what the goal is and that's what I'm at but then after my 14-15 hour day of personal training I've then got to make sure the gym's running properly the bills are all getting paid the money's in the right accounts um, if anything's broken it needs fixed the equipment needs cleaned. Um, I've got a couple of trainers that work for me, so I need to make sure that they're okay. So right now the balance isn't the way it should be, but I've only had one place for just over a year, so eventually it will balance out, and that is the plan long term to be personal training maybe eight hours a week, and the rest of the time working on the market and working on the business and growing the brand because that's what we are. That's why I'm not Scott Russell personal trainer. Equinox Ten is the brand and I want to basically have more trainers and helping more people via Equinox 10. Right. Okay. Here's a question for you. Well, I didn't say that. It's quite obvious. It's going to be a question for you. So, the Glasgow, the stereotypical Ron's regime, the guy that's surviving on chips, <laughs> dragon soup, iron brew. So say that person wants to improve. I want to get into fitness. Besides hiring a personal trainer, what's the one piece of advice you'd give me? They have to want to do it. They have to want to get fit. They have to want to make the change. If um, so, a lot of times I get uh, wives coming to me that are their husbands are paying for the sessions because the husband wants the wife to look better, or you know that the mum and dad are paying for the kids to come because they're worried about their kids. They don't want to do it, yeah. so they don't give everything they've got and they don't listen to the advice because they've got no value in it. They're not paying it. There's no. They have no connection to the training. They're just getting forced to come. So they come, they get through the session, but then when you give them their nutrition and stuff like that, they don't stick to it because they've got no connect. There's no accountability for them because somebody else is paying for it. So the first thing I would say, if you truly want to change, look yourself in the mirror and be like, is this what I want to do? If you're happy the way you are, stay the way you are. Don't, at the end of the day, it's your body. It's the way you look. Um, but if you say to yourself, you know what, I want to get a little bit fitter, I want to get a little bit healthier, then you've got to commit to it and go for it. Right, right. So, for the rest of your life, you can only do one exercise. What's that exercise? <laughs> Deadlift. Simple. That's a solid answer. <laughs> hits, hits just about every muscle in your body. It feels amazing when you lift a massive weight and then when you drop it and you scream, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, deadlifting all day. I don't know about massive weight, but, but I can see where you're coming from. Deadlifting all day. There's one exercise you could never have to do again. What's the, what's the one you hate? The one that I hate? 
Um, probably whatever the else says a burpee. Doing yeah. burpees is pretty pretty nasty, but as in a weighted exercise, I'd probably say a overhead press. I hate doing shoulder presses. Yeah. Uh, I just feel feel very uncomfortable and you feel quite weak doing them because they're quite hard to get your weight up. Yeah. So whereas you deadlift, um, I deadlift about 205 kilograms, which is pretty good, but my, my shoulder press is maybe only about 95. So it's a bit of a drop off and it <laughs> frustrates you. But yeah, I could give shoulder presses a miss or maybe that's a way to say I need to do more shoulder presses. That's a point, that's a point. I was doing gym, the workout I was following was dips and then right after it, overhead presses. I was just a pure mess by the end of the dip, so oh. it's like I just had you know, tiny wee weights on the bar. And a gym, all these big guys running about and stuff, and I'm like, five kilos on and stuff. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing, you know, a nice, a nice effective little set. You don't need a lot of weight to get the, the damage and the stimulation in your muscles. You can yeah. do it if you're doing it right. And I think that's the, one of the biggest mistakes is you see is guys coming into the gym and just ramming weight on and it's the worst rep you've ever seen or the worst form yeah. but they go home and they're on Instagram being like yeah bench press 90 kilograms and if you actually watched it the bar moved about an inch you know it's nothing yeah. so aye yeah I think I tried that yeah. snatch before went for the overhead snatch no warm up bar just didn't really go anywhere I went about shoulder height and it killed me in the lesson so uh-huh. one of the biggest things you can do when you go to the gym is leave your ego at the door and just uh do what you can do. Don't look at other people and think, oh, they're doing that, they're doing that. Just do what you can do. That's the best, one of the best things to do. That kind of leads to my next question. Most common injury people get. I don't mean obviously, your, your clients of course don't get injuries. Yeah. But if there's people who jump in too quick. Yeah, I'd say people doing that, not warming up properly. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's not maybe the same injury, but you know, people just coming in, getting changed and going out and whether it's squat, bench press, deadlift, just racking on weight and spending no time, you know, having a little foam roll, getting the soft tissue warmed up and maybe doing a couple of warm-up sets at a lighter weight just so their body's used to it. They just come in and they think, oh, I need to put all the weight on the bar. And then whatever it is they, they injure, it's because they're not warmed up and they're just putting the weight on the bar because they think that's the natural thing to do. Yeah. What's your workout look like nowadays? Are you training for anything or is it just maintenance or...? I'm pretty I struggle pretty much, so I'm not gonna lie, my my own personal fitness has taken a wee bit of a backseat. No, no. Now that is I tell my clients, you know, that's not an excuse if you're busy. So I still try and get my my little twenty minutes, thirty minutes in here and it's literally some heavy reps, deadlift, squat, bench, half an hour, get it done, try and get that in at least twice a week. And I've just made a comeback to playing basketball, so um, that's keeping me a little bit fitter. But yeah, I'm not at playing weight just now. <laughs> Is that a Falkirk? No, playing with uh, my very first club, went full circle with me. I'm playing with Paisley Basketball Club. Um, just in Division 1, I can train one night a week, and they train or play usually that one night a week, so it fits in with what I'm doing. I've actually, if you've ever seen me play, you know, I take it very, very serious and I'm, I've got quite a bit of a temper and I'm very, very competitive and I don't want to lose, um, but I realise this is just Division 1, that's no disrespect to anybody that's playing Division 1, but it's a Tuesday night and I've mellowed out a little bit because it's just a bit of fun now, it's to make sure that I'm doing something for my own sanity that's not being in here 24 hours a day. 
that will conveniently lead into my next section. I'm doing, I'm doing good at this, I'm doing that. That's it, aye. <laughs> Set me up well. So when did you start playing? Uh, I flirted about with it in school, but I never, I wouldn't say I really started properly playing until I was about 18, which is very, very late. Mm. Like, I liked basketball and you got it in PE, and I'd, <coughs> I'd played here and there, but I never took it serious until I was about 18. Um, and then I just played, it was local league I was playing, and uh, with a bunch of guys that just seemed to click with each other, and everybody was good, um, and we all, we just, I think we, I don't think we got beat in about a year, and then obviously once you played uh, at that level you start to think, oh, I could play somewhere else and play somewhere else, so the next stage was senior men's, and I went to St Mern and I got told that I was good enough to play for them and then got sat in the bench for three, three years, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and then there was the, Rock, the Glasgow Rocks. The Glasgow the Rocks. You were there how many, how many seasons? Uh, seven. Seven. But I was actually there, people don't know I was there more than that, I was a practice player. Yeah. The very first year they moved to Glasgow. Okay. Um, nobody ever knew, really knew that nobody, there was never anything said but basically I would finish work and go train every day with the professional team because they only had 8 players yeah. so me and a boy Brian McCotter who actually played for the Newcastle Eagles for a while we were the eight, uh, ninth and 10th man and we trained every day uh, apart from obviously when they were away for games and we played National League so we were training sometimes twice a night um, and I was with them and then it was the promise you were getting told you were going to get signed and I actually signed three times before I actually really signed because <laughs> you were getting offered. They offered me my first contract was for nothing to play for free, and I was like, "That's not going to work." Then my next contract they offered me, I think it was like a hundred pounds a month, and I was like, "Who can live on a hundred pounds a month?" And with the schedule that they wanted you to train and everything, you couldn't get another job. So it was like, "Well, what am I going to do?" So I kept knocking it back, uh, and then eventually, after I think about four years of training and practicing and negotiations I got a still not a great contract but I got a contract I got a contract that I could live on which was still a drop in money from working full time but you could survive on it and I didn't want to go through life saying I could have I wanted to see if I actually could do it and mm. play and uh, that was it really yeah. Alright so what was the so the rocks during the season, what was that schedule like? Because it was two games a week for, or at least it is now, Friday night. Yeah, two, two games a week, sometimes three, depending on um, <coughs> the cup and stuff like that. Uh, you trained every day. You also had to go to schools, which is good, but also you're, professional, you're supposed to be a professional basketball player. At times it felt you were a professional school coach who played basketball on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was, you're, you're travelling in a bus eight, nine hours to a game, you've got two hours to get warmed up and stretch, travelling back in a bus up to Glasgow, and then the next day you've got to go to a primary school. I get what they were trying to do, but as a professional team, it was the wrong thing to do for the guys, because you were injured, you were tired, you were wanting to maybe go get extra shots up, or you needed rest, and you had to go to a primary school, and you can't go to a primary school and be boring, you had to turn on the the energy and the charm which then led to you being even more tired and then you had to play the next day or train the next day um, <coughs> so it was it was good but it was very very frustrating at the time as well and it was frustrating as well not getting 
uh, as many minutes as I felt I deserved and from what you got in practice. So it was it was good and I look back and I think I'm glad I've done it. But at the same time, I think there's a few things that could have been done differently. Yeah. So is that kind of like the season finishes? You kind of go into limbo a little bit if, that's the, if you're not contracted for the next season? Yeah, I mean... The, the state of British basketball, all the, most of the clubs, um, and it sounds like I'm bashing the rocks, but they, they generally don't really, as soon as you lose and the season's over, they don't really want to know who you are anymore, right. unless they need something. So obviously I was a Scottish guy who stayed local. They still had to do some press events over the summer. They still had to do some uh-huh. coaching. So they actually kept me quite sweet because they knew they needed a player to go to summer camps. They needed a player to go to... Uh, like festival days and stuff like that um, but yeah most of the Americans as soon as the game the season was over were told to pack up and leave um, and that was it so very 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 cutthroat and now that I run a business and seen how they run a business you totally know that the way they run a business is not how you should run a business and it frustrates me at times when you see the, the Rocks as in a company doing quite well because um, obviously I've still got friends that play for them and I want them to do well and I've got no I don't want them to be like out of a job or not getting paid but when you see the, some of the things that they do and they were your ideas or you see some of the things that they're doing and you know it's a lie it, it does get to you a little bit yeah, yeah. but I've let it go it took me a long time <laughs> but I've let it go believe it or not what do those like negotiations look like then is that just say off season what the owners and the coach or, or just anything a phone call just like basically they leave it late the Scottish guys are the glass guys that they, oh, they, go, they go for the Americans right. and they offer the Americans if you played college at a decent level they'll give you silly money and I say silly money it's not thousands and thousands but compared to what the rest of the guys are getting um, and then basically they offer you money and you say no and they say we've got no more money and that's pretty much it so you have to take what they offer yeah. Um, and then somehow during the season they'll get a new player in even though they don't have any money or they, they, it's just not it's not a nice way and they know and it's I guess it's the same as a lot of things they know that the people's dreams are to play professional basketball they know that there's a chance that if they have a good game somebody from a bigger club might see them so they dangle that golden carrot in front of you and say well you know you have a good season here you never know what could happen and guys are, you know, some guys are still playing to this day for free and maybe only playing for like £300 a month and then having to work probably more hours than a normal job and if you break it down, it's less than minimum wage but nobody nobody says it or nobody does it because you're a professional basketball player yeah. and nobody wants to hear you moaning about it but it's, it's nothing, nothing will get done but something should be done about it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I can't keep my trap shut. <laughs> I was going to ask you how it ended. You can you can answer that or not? Well, it ended uh, not the best, shall we say. It ended well with like Sterling and the players and stuff like that. Nothing but love and respect for them. But the management and the owners are just... There's not too many people in this world that I would say I hated. And, but the way that they handled things was pretty nasty I'll hold, I'll hold my hand up and say if I've done something wrong or if I've you know if I've taken the piss but for what they got for what I what I was getting paid for and what they got out of me 
they got an absolute bargain and then the um the, the way that the relationship ended was just it was silly uh, but not on my part um, so there was a legal case at one stage but I decided to drop it because again Sterling's my friend Gareth's my friend and Kieran's my friend and if I'd have won the legal case there was a chance that the rocks wouldn't be here so I didn't want my friends to be out of a job uh-huh. so you take the the bigger road and just let it go so that's what I did and then personal training and then then yeah. personal training and um, now <laughs> went from one job that's not really a job to another job that's not really a job <laughs> but this is way this is fun but if you if you if you be a personal trainer and you've got a good bunch of clients and i'm going to say good bunch of clients like people that you actually get on with the days fly in and it's fun and it's fun and that's one of the things that uh, one of my mentors chris bird just says yeah you've, you've got to make a living but train the people you want to train so if somebody comes to you and you know fine well that they're going to rub you the wrong way, they're not going to listen to you, don't train them. Train the people you want to train. Surround yourself with people that are going to make you enjoy your job more. And everybody that's in Equinox 10 is that. Everybody in here would I'd happily go on a night out with or you know, go on a day out with or just have a laugh with. They're all good, friendly, fun people. And that's what we try and do. I think you don't hear about a lot of business. I think that's maybe more of an American thing than British. Like you can to some extent choose customers. Of people you work with, and then it's just like don't take them. You don't need to unless you have to. If you have to. Yeah. You take on every you know work coming your way. If it's yeah, more the, hassle than it's worth. At the start, you're probably going to take everybody because you uh, need money. But I'm at a situation now where I'm getting inquiries every day. I've got an application form to fill in if you want to feed tea with me. So my application form is pretty brutal, and I ask you questions. And if I don't think that you're going to be the right fit, then you I refer you to somebody else. And I think that's pretty fair. I don't just ignore you and I don't just ding you. You get referred to another PT who I think you might fit with better. Or to a PT who might need it. If that's, you know, they might need the money. Uh, I'm not saying I don't need the money, but I would rather work with people that are going to make me happy and smile than somebody that's going to bring me down. Switching. Not back to basketball. Across the pond. Because I like kicking out and things. Less about <laughs> NBA stuff. Um, it's quite a Best of tra- no, smoothest of transitions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, all time favourite basketball player? Uh, Tim Hardaway. That was not the answer, right? <laughs> Who did I could have written a list. Well, I thought it'd be not that interesting if you go Jordan, but I kind of thought you'd be someone else. <laughs> no, Someday, Kobe, LeBron, so Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. That's why I wear number 10. Um, it's all making sense now. It's all coming together. Yeah. He just crossed people up and he was small. He talked trash. He just was. I just, I just loved the way he played. Just absolutely. He told you he was going to cross you over, and then crossed you over, <laughs> and uh, obviously he wasn't. So that's why. That's generally why I wear number ten, and that's how I actually my crossover is nowhere as good as his. But I worked on the Tim Hardaway killer crossover relentlessly to try and get it well my question was going to be like did you pardon your game after anybody I think yeah I tried I tried to I tried to be Tim with the crossover um, couldn't shoot like him I could jump higher than him I'll go I'll, I'll say that uh, but yeah let's hate me the gays yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't hate gays so uh, you're, you're all fine there you're more than welcome in here um, but yeah 
Tim Hardaway, I, I just liked the way that he played, because uh, he was small, I mean, I'm not the tallest, but he was small and he just attacked people and he was just, he looked like he was having fun. Um, so I liked, Tim Hardaway was my favourite player and then I liked also Penny Hardaway, I don't know if that was just because of the name, uh, but also Scott, Scotty Pippen was up there because I just loved the fact that he dunked on people. Yeah. And he was like in Jordan's shadow, but he was actually tremendous. Um, That's one of my favourites. But yeah, Tim Hardaway is my favourite player to this day. Um, and that's why I wear number 10. And that's. So, all time starting five, then we've already filled point guard. Oh, so we get. Oh. <laughs> so we get Tim Hardaway at uh, point guard, we'll go Jordan at the two. Uh, I'll accept that. We'll go. Kobe at the three, LeBron at the four, and Shaq at the five. I don't think Shaq gets enough appreciation for the fact that he was the absolute most dominant player. And he just. Giant He never got, like, when you actually see how big he was, but when you see how high he could jump and how he could run, it's ridiculous, but everybody thinks because it's more flashy being a guard, but Shaq was just an absolute monster. It's like they need a start for. A guy that gets everyone into foul trouble. Yeah. And every, other players in the team get offensive rebounds because he's got three guys on him. Like, that's not a thing that takes into account. It just gets in though. It's just there and everybody's trying to get the ball off and nothing they could do. Swiping yeah. at it full force and kind of. And I think, I mean, throughout his career, he, he must have got he, he got hit a lot. Yeah. And he only really lashed out once or twice. I think he lashed out on Barkley. He lashed out on uh, Dudley that played for New York once. Oh. Uh, and I think he had a wee. A wee fight with uh, Bynum that played with the Lakers when he left, but, oh, but right, yeah. he didn't really get into a lot. Of, like although he was getting hit a lot, he just kind of got on with it and dunked on you, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You keeping up this season? <laughs> I'm trying to, but with work and the the NBA NBA being on at um, it's eleven o'clock in the morning. I tend not to see it, but I catch always watch the the top ten plays. So I think that's fun. Yeah. Uh, and I try and get a few games um, to see. Because I do, as I know people hate on him, but LeBron James is just an absolute monster. Oh, I've seen unbelievable. Him, I've seen him play live. I like to see him versus uh, the Knicks. And when you actually see him live, <laughs> you appreciate that he, he doesn't get out of third gear half the time. He just, and he just passes the ball, rebounds, and he, just, he does everything. He's an absolute mm-hmm. machine. So I, lo- I love watching him play because people hate him because he's good. Yeah. And I'm like, don't hate the guy because he's <laughs> an absolute specimen. Um, so I like watching him play. So what I'm aiming for, Miss Jordan live, Miss Kobe live, and catch LeBron at some point. Uh, and when you see the size of him, he is a big dude. Like, a big dude. So, but, and because like Camelo's a, Camelo's a, a big guy as well, but next to LeBron, he's, he looks like a little boy. Um, but that was a good experience seeing him play live it was pretty sweet what was that? it was in Madison Square Garden I. In, in March we got, we, I went and pretty sweet tickets as well so I spent a fortune on them but it was something that you have to do you have to go see uh-huh. that game um, I think the next night it was Brooklyn were in town and you could get the exact same seats for like Forty dollars <laughs> compared to I think I think my seats were seven hundred dollars for <coughs> LeBron. 
Okay, okay, well, is that Nick's and Nets? It's just good that the fans can just be all sitting together. Yeah. So there's like Nets fans will just stand up and start shouting, people turn and boo them and all that, but then it's just. Yeah, there's no. Just, just laugh. So it's good yeah. like that. I like that. Uh, there's football here, never end. Yeah. Unless it's sounded about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your prediction for this season then? Who's your winner? For the NBA or Cleveland? Really? Cleveland. And the answer you're looking for is Golden State. But. <laughs> Cleveland's far more interesting. Like this, the season's not interesting if it just I, Golden State just dominates and yeah. wins, which and that's what they're going to do. I just think when LeBron's on, he's unstoppable. Even though Curry's good, and I know they've got KD now, um, but I just think LeBron causes too many problems. You know, you seen last year Stephen Curry didn't have the greatest of finals, and people are saying, "Oh, his knees is this." Everybody plays hurt. There's not one guy that's 100% healthy. Ah, at that point in the season, um, But when they started pressuring him and being a bit more physical with him, he didn't shat, he didn't go away, but he wasn't as effective. So now that obviously they've got Durant for that, he's going to be the, I think Durant's going to be the first option and Curry's going to be the second option. But then I still think, who guards LeBron? Yeah. Who, who guards LeBron? LeBron can guard any one of the Golden State Warriors team. Who guards LeBron? Uh-huh. One of the best defenders in the league, it won't matter. Train you know, gets him, Clay gets him, it's not going to stop. But then, if you say you put Clay Thompson on him, then Clay's going to expend all his energy playing defence, so that's him a man down on offence. Yeah. Uh, you put Durant on him, you risk uh, the chance of Durant getting in foul trouble. Um, I don't really know who else you could put on him. Keep him so busy kicking balls. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think LeBron's still going to, Cleveland are going to win it again. MVP and championship. He, he deserves MVP. He deserves MVP. I'm not settling now. Uh, he deserves it. He should have got it last year as well. If you look at his stats and what he's actually doing, you know, you take LeBron out of Cleveland, they suck. Yeah. You take Curry out of Golden State, they don't suck. You take Kevin Durant out of Golden State, they don't suck. You take Clay Thompson away, they still don't suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You take LeBron away and Cleveland suck. <laughs> so that's why he is the most valuable player. Yeah, it's like talent, but nothing really yeah. tying it together. Um, so uh, he deserves it but he's, he probably won't get it it's one of those things that everybody knows he's the the MVP but you, you have to give it to somebody else uh, which I don't think is right I think you should give it to the guy that deserves it every yeah. single even if it's him for the next 10 years uh, the voters just get bored yeah. for something else he gets it he gets it I don't agree with that people oh we need to give it to him for politics or we need to give it to him for this and that it's, no give the people that deserve it give it to them no it's as simple as that. That'll be a wee of time. So, probably quite a good place to wrap up there. So, if the two people that are listening to this, hi mum. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want them to check out? Websites, Twitter, socials, anything like that? Yeah, big on big on social media. So, Facebook dot uh, com forward slash equinox ten dot co dot uk, Instagrams equinox ten. Twitter's Equinox 10 SR because I couldn't get Equinox, just Equinox 10. But if you go to the Facebook page, everything's on there. Uh, you'll see what we do. You'll see that we have an absolute riot and a laugh and uh, everybody gets stuck in each other. But it's good. So the wee tag that we say is we take ordinary people and make them do superhuman things. That's my cheesy line. You've got it. <laughs> That's Equinox Eek. I don't mind moving forward. I can pick any here and miss it back. E Q U I N O X 10. 10. Number 10. Number 10. Win all. Um, yeah, check it out and see what we do. Because I genuinely do believe that we are the only people in Glasgow that do what we do. Um, 
there's a few, I won't mention their names, that try to do what we do, but we're the only genuine people. What you see is what you get. And that's what makes it fun. So place to start right there. Scott, thank you very much. Woo! <laughs> Peace. <laughs> uh.